Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. I hit the post, you hear that? You just read the script. I edited the damn thing. Don't tell them that part. Welcome to episode 50 of, I can't believe we're at 50, Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. I'm Doug Sprinthal with... Brennan Keller. Andy Swanson, Walzer Hyundai. Andy Brant Bernard. Rhett Dressel. No, no, it's Andy now. You have to go with Andy, Andy, Andy. Andy Dressel. Because then I can be Don Knotts. Andy, Andy, Andy. <laughs> what do you think? We'll be right back after this exciting announcement. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. So what's the latest? Oh, the latest is we're representing people who are injured through no fault of their own. Uh, people come to us. We talk to them about what their rights are. We talk to them about things that, you know, adjusters would call them up and ask them about. And we represent people in order to get them justice for the injured. And have been for a long time. Very, very successful, no question. I, I, you know, I do meet a lot of your clients. They come up to me on the street and whatever, and they talk about this, that, or the other thing. And they both say, why do you guys hang out with Doug Sprinthal? <laughs> and I just had no answer. For <laughs> he just looks away, you big baby. In any case, that's the whole deal. So people, they got any problem whatsoever, personal injury or other legal problems, whatever, they just reach out to Brad, Sean, Bryant. Yeah, Joe and I have both been president of the trial lawyers for the state, so we talk to people about all sorts of issues. The consultation is always free, and that's what we do. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. All right, before we get started with the show, a public service announcement. I was talking to J-Lo, who runs our Coon Rapids Nissan stores, and he goes, hey, you know, with all these people in the restaurant business out of work, you do know that servers make terrific salespeople. And I said, you know, that's actually true. Um because they have great people skills. That's the one thing I think that we'd agree that's nearly impossible to teach. You can't take an introvert and make them, make them into a great uh, salesperson. You can teach them all the car stuff that's relatively easy. Uh, but if you're in the service uh, business industry, if you've been working as a server and restaurant, bartenders, fabulous. We've got a great opportunity. We're looking to hire in almost all of our stores right now because despite what you see in the news, business has rebounded and it is pretty good. So it's a 12-week paid training program. Walzer sales people work on a salary plus small bonuses based on volume and CSI and stuff like that. So it's not eat what you kill. Uh, you can go to walzer.com, hit careers for information, or if that's too complicated, just do what everybody else does and email me at doug at walzer.com and I'll connect you with the correct people. Walzer Automotive Group. Walzer.com. God, I love it when you say that. Is this Robin Trower? No, it's me. That's you? Yeah. 
God, you've got talent. I know. I love Robin Brower. Me too. That's why I recorded this. But that's why we can play it, so YouTube doesn't yank it down. Can you play Day of the Eagle? Yeah. Oh, man, i got to hear you do that sometime. We are joined today Wonderful. by uh, two of our people from Walzer Hyundai up in Brooklyn Park. Andy, you're the first Triple Crowner, right? This is your third podcast. Yeah. I think it's called Triple fourth. Corona. But fourth? You know. No, Fidar, I did one with you at the auto show. That oh, more, yeah, but Tom was more, wasn't there. That was more interesting because one minute oh, there was an auto show, there. and I left and so did all the cars. It just ended right then. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, they was, closed, they shut down the show. Within hours of us doing the podcast because of the coronavirus. We were talking to the head of really? MADA, and we were like, yeah, we're going to keep this rolling. It'll be okay. And about eight hours later, it was not okay. Yeah, we're closing her down. Really? Yeah. So you get a pass. We've already heard your story. But, Rhett, this Sweet. is your first time. Before we get started, new guests get to share the story of the first car that they owned. Oh, yeah, that's right. Really, it's a big competition right now. Brennan's mom actually is either in first or second place, along with the mayor of South St. Paul. So tell us the story of your first automobile. Well, the first automobile that I actually owned, I uh, went and bought from uh, somewhere down in Bloomington. The guy probably wasn't the right guy to buy a car from, especially <laughs> this car. But it was a 1985 Dodge Shelby Charger. Uh, so turbocharged, uh, pretty powerful, had some unique features, had a great look to it. And I was just out of high school. Uh, saved up some money and went down there with my dad. My dad didn't know anything about cars. He didn't even know a turbo was a thing. And uh, the guy who was selling it to us, I think he kind of parted, pieced it together, and it, it ran okay. And uh, I so love that car. Initials weren't LR, were they? No. Larry Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been his brother. <laughs> Could uh, have been his brother. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, I had that car quite a while. Loved that car. Uh, ended up wrecking it. And uh, I loved it were so you, much. Were you drunk at the time, or what I, happened? I oh, was not, happened. no, but uh, it was not the best situation. So what, tell the story. That's the whole point of this. Okay. All right. Uh, so um, I was Sorry. out, you know, messing around as a kid, and I uh, got into a race with another car, and we were going down the road, and uh, they tried to pass, and they didn't have enough power, and a car came towards us, so they slammed on the brakes, pulled behind me. Just after that, they pulled around me, slammed their brakes on, pulled over to the side, and four guys got out of the car and started walking towards my car. <laughs> so I uh, go around them. And uh, they jump back in the car, chase us down again, pull over, get in front of us again, pull over, kind of veer, oh and I'm trying to go around them, and they veer towards my car and actually hit my car. <laughs> so I keep going, and I'm like, all right, well, I've got more gas than they do. they got a V8, they got a four-cylinder turbo, I've got a full tank of gas, so I'll just drive to Minneapolis. <laughs> I'm out in the middle of the country, like, no one's going to follow me to Minneapolis. Well, they didn't go for that. They are trying to pass again, and uh, almost hit a car head-on. Oh. So... Should I keep going? Yeah. yeah okay. Well, right. You can't so, stop now. <laughs> so I, uh, I get far enough ahead of them because I pass the car, and they get stuck behind in traffic. And I uh, yeah, baby. I pull off, flip off the lights like they do in the movies, right, off on the side of the road, and they go sailing by. So I turn around, head back the other direction, still with the lights off. They must have figured out that I wasn't in front of them. <laughs> so I turn up this road that I thought I knew really well out in the middle of the country that was kind of twisty and windy. And I did not turn the headlights back on, and it's nighttime. And it turns oh. out that you cannot drive by the light of the moon <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. And uh, I went around a corner, and there was a lot of screeching and a little bit of rolling once, twice. Landed you up. rolled it twice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, landed with the wheels Damn. down um, in not too bad a shape. The car came by. 
saw us down in the ditch, yelled, nice driving, and took off. Didn't even check how we were doing. <laughs> so, Could have been uh, dead. Could have been. Yeah, no, no, they didn't care. Oh, I, you so are now in the bills. top three, I yeah, think, for no car selling secret contender. stories. And you were shy to, well, should I finish the story? No, no. <laughs> Just don't tell us if Abraham Lincoln died or not. We'll read about yeah, it later. <laughs> so one so of the guys. Why were they so mad at you? Uh, because I had beat them in a race earlier, oh, and they didn't God think they sake. should lose. Oh God! Yeah. yeah. Well, there were four of them in the car. Yeah. How yeah. many of you in the car? Uh, me and another guy, two. Well, so the two bodies alone—they probably tipped in another four or five hundred pounds. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, they had a big V8 and a old like. Cutlass Sierra or Supreme or something like that, and they probably thought it was, you know, should beat any four cylinder, whatever it was that I was driving. Yeah. I remember okay. those little turbochargers. They were kind of, if you could keep them running, they were pretty fun cars. Actually. If you could keep well, they them weren't running. the most reliable thing they yeah. ever made. No. Most cars in that, that vintage weren't, but. Right. So, fellas, despite everything we read in the news media about the world coming to an end and blah, 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 you guys are somehow setting records at the Hyundai store. Yeah, we're under. Um, you just did your little uh, ad to get me more salespeople, and we need five uh, today. I might need more by the end of next month. We're up year over year in April and May. Unbelievable. Well, part of it is because... This guy at the end of the table, Andy, uh, has n always struggled with authority. Now, I will tell this. No! Yeah. Oh, odd that he'd be in the car oh. So let me tell you, because this is a beautiful story. So last winter, um, we try to tightly control our inventories, both new and used cars <laughs> and parts, because... We don't actually own, dealers don't actually own their cars. They take loans out right, of them, right. and they get money from the factory for what's called floor plan assistance. It's to pay the interest for a while, but that, depending on the franchise, that can run out, and at Honda, it's, they're really cheap. It's a month. General Motors is the most generous. It's about six months. Everybody else is in between. Um, so because of that, uh, it, it, the Walzer company tries to tightly control the inventory. Andy just ignored all the rules and ordered a whole shitload of cars in January and got in a bunch of trouble. Well, hold on. Let's let's be clear. So first <laughs> off, clear. first off, in fairness to you and, and how far off I was on the rules, um, if you break that rule in January, it's not the best. You if you break it in February, it's justifiable. I broke it in November, which was really not good. Yeah. Right. So there was that part. Uh, but second off, I you know I had a whole bunch of people on board at the plan. I just think people stayed on board and then got off board and stayed on board. Now it's a great plan. Everybody's on board again. Yeah, so we, they've got a ton of inventory and they've been setting records that despite you know. And there are businesses that are really suffering. I don't mean to minimize, yeah. but we focus on those stories all the time. You mean like restaurants? Yeah, I mean like it's that? bad. Yeah. Why do you think we're trying to get waiters to work for us? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You know, we had a we had a customer I was talking to yesterday where I've had I've had more customers who just legitimately needed help and solutions over the last three months than I can remember at any point since 2008. Right? It's uh, you're seeing it every day. So he's talking about credit issues and stuff. Like yeah, that. Well, not, just, not just credit. I mean, people where you know they're they're facing choices, right? Like, so they've got limited income coming in right now and. They've got car repairs, or is it cheaper to buy a new car so that I can just maintain cash? Literally. I mean, those are hard choices, but we see them right now. Well, I, I don't know. It, this is it, not, None of us have ever been in, through anything where the government, state and federal, willingly shut down the economy. Yeah. So I the question is, we did it. how fast can we restart the jet plane? 
And I don't know if anybody really knows the answer to that. Well, if you're a server, we can start it for you today. That's Just right. Come on down to Walzer Hyundai. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. we, uh, skip the recruiting department. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly right. Call Andy. Well, we'll have a talk. Yep. Yes, if you like them, you can. Is it A Swanson? A Swanson. At Walzer.com, you can reach out to them. Rhett, you've been with the company. I was. I thought it was 12 years, but I only missed it by two presidential terms. Yeah. yeah. Where did you start? How did you? Was Was Walzer the first company you worked for? Is selling? Oh yes, I was actually a bartender and a waiter. <laughs> Prior to starting at Walzer, I did. I, I didn't set this up. I had no idea. Uh, Boundary Waters Restaurant at uh, Ridgedale, so in Dayton's really? at the time, and then it was Macy's. Yeah, yeah. Probably came in and annoyed the hell out of you several times. Many times. Yes. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> you know what else happened? <laughs> have a few wheels, piss off the servers. You know. That Tony Lee's a prick. Tony Lee. <laughs> that actually happened. Uh, a guy claiming to be me out at the old original sports bar out at Mall of America. Mm-hmm. Walks in and tells the bartender, I'm Tom Bernard, and when I ever go, I get free food and free drinks, so I'm assuming that'll be the same here. Bartender goes, yeah, I'll bring you a drink, Tom. Thanks a lot. Sets it down and uh, rings Tom Bernard his drink. Guy says, oh, you've been working a while? He goes, yeah. Oh, I have a question for you, by the way, Tom. Are you coming to Mom's house for Christmas? He goes, what? I said, I'm Tom Bernard's brother. <laughs> my brother Troy, Troy? bartender. Oh, God, that's so funny. <laughs> nice timing, pal. <laughs> so how'd you make the switch? Tell us a story. Um, so and don't stop in the good part this time. No, Just keep okay. going. All right, all right. So the restaurant bartending thing was, you know, not the best hours. Decent money, but not the best hours. And it turns out that uh, if you're making a lot of money in tips... Uh, you can't buy a house because you didn't oh, claim the money, yeah. right? You're making the money, you have the money, but you can't prove that you're making the money. And so yeah. I just got married. We were looking to buy a house. Things were, we put an offer on a one. Yeah, you're approved. Nope, you're not approved. You can't prove income. It yeah. went back and forth, right? And so uh, my wife actually said you should get a job at uh, Walzer. Hmm. She had worked for Walzer, uh, Chevy, which is where I started. And she had been there for a very short time just before I met her. And uh, at that time, uh, maybe it was a little bit more of a boys' club. It was a lot of a boys' club. Was then. Dale Schneider running it then? No, that was um, Frank Matheson. Okay, who got Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. that's nice. It was uh, Frank is a dynamic leader. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, yeah, no, it was it was uh, an interesting cast of characters. Donna Bood was there. Oh, that's right. So this was before One Price. Oh, long before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, one price started in 2002, 2003. Yeah, uh, 2000. yeah but like, they, so it, right. It seemed like a long time. Yeah. So you know, when I started, um, it was uh, training. You you paid for your own training, and then you got reimbursed back if you if you stayed there long enough. It was a just a very different time, and there was a lot of. Uh, there was a lot of like, oh, hey, that's my customer. Step out of the way, and then they step in front of you, like, oh, welcome, Walzer. I've never right. met you before. <laughs> my name is, and you are, and you're like. Huh. I worked with a guy like that at Southdale Ford. He'd he'd race out the door and go, "Hey, that's my cousin." And the guy would be some sixty-year-old white guy, and this guy named was uh, Syed from Iran. He's like, "That's your cousin." <laughs> <laughs> well, it all works out in the end. We should probably take a break here. Pat. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secrets. 
Tom Bernard with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, we've been talking about North American Banking Company for a few years now. One thing we've discussed is that the bank is locally owned and operated. Well, how does that benefit your customer? Tommy, projects and opportunities for expansion come up quickly for business owners. A locally owned and managed bank like North American Banking Company means decisions can be made just as quickly. We know Minnesota. We live in the communities we serve. So we have experience and firsthand knowledge for what's happening in your life where you live. That means decisions are made here. We don't ship them off or pass the buck someplace out of state. Finally, getting our customers quick answers allows them to take decisive action, and that's how business gets done. Man, Michael, you're getting good at this. Practice makes perfect. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. 2020 never looks so good. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. With 2020 upon us, it's time to ditch the contacts and pitch the glasses. Take it from me. It's one of the best things you can do for yourself in the new year. I've never looked back from having LASIK myself. And with Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, you can trust you're amongst the best in the business. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. The great people at Whiting Clinic will take fantastic care of you just like they did for me. Call 855-554-2020 or visit whitingclinic.com online to schedule your free LASIK consultation. Imagine 2020 or better in 2020. And let 2020 be your best year yet with LASIK at Whiting Clinic. LASIK results may vary. Talk to your Whiting Clinic doctor about your individual outcome potential. Hey, Beaver. We are back with Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets with Andy Swanson and the CEO of Sales, Rhett Dressel. He has that on his business card. CEO of Sales. And several HR managers have gone, well, we can't have that. And and everybody goes, just leave him alone. (laughs) (laughs) Just leave him alone. That was the exact conversation that happened between me and, hi, Sherry, if you're listening, Sherry McGee. We handed out Rhett to help Sherry McGee, the brand-new HR director, out into buying a card. At the end of it, she calls me and goes, yeah, I don't know if you're aware of this, but his business card says CEO of sales. Can we allow that? I'm like, well, you know, it's close to true. Just leave the guy alone. So Rhett is in a special class of salespeople. When we went one price, um, everybody, and then when we switched to hourly uh, pay, there really wasn't much differentiation between the mid-level performers and the select group of people that really were able to shoot the lights out every month. And they started leaving, and we thought, okay, people that can sell 25 or 30 cars a month don't actually grow on trees. So we started a, a separate group, for, and you have to get your way in there. And I don't remember what the parameters are. Yeah, so it's, it's interesting now because I, I would actually love to show you the new pay plan. I don't think you've seen it in a long time. We went salary. We made a lot of adjustments. And, um, you know, when you talked about the base plus the uh, some small bonuses, they're not small anymore. Our lowest paid full year salesperson last year, all comp, made about sixty grand, right? So it's the bonuses have gotten back to full size. So we've done away. But he's one of the few people on the old. We call them the account executives. I think he'd been on that for ten years. Yeah, is that right? And it was twenty cars a month was the minimum, and you had to have as an absolute average. Yeah, and not CSI. Just, yeah, you couldn't just roll into it once. You had to actually be able to keep that as a rolling yep. average. And how many AEs are there in the company? 15, maybe? About 15 right now, yeah. 
And the terrible ones sell 20 cars a month, and the, the, which is that's an amazing number if you've never sold cars before. That's a pretty much a car every day that you're at the dealership. And then we have a couple that are there's a kid down in our Mazda dealership that's I, I I still don't know how he does it. It's even great salespeople go, how do you do this? He sold in March I think he sold 60 cars by himself. In the height of the coronavirus, it's just. He set the record at 70. 73, mm-hmm. yep. And that's one person. There are dealerships that don't sell that many cars. Oh, my used car store averages 73 a month. Yeah. So that's uh, uh, humbling. <laughs> that is humbling, yeah. But I, I do believe a big part of it, well, it's you don't want to give it too much credit, but the selling system, you could not do those kind of numbers in a negotiating dealership because no. deals take yeah. way too long. Yeah. With building up the reputation that we have and the one price stuff it it really comes down to selection and saying you're ready to buy the car and let's figure out how to put it together it's 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 a much more customer friendly system but it's also great for salespeople that are okay with selling you know volume not all salespeople are some of them are lazy and they just want to sit back and sell seven or eight cars a month and that just that doesn't work in our world but anyway yeah, I think, you know, it's funny because I, I, Brett and I were talking and he asked me this morning, he goes, hey, so why uh, why do you want me to come on here? I said, well, you know, A, because you know more about Hyundais than me. You know more about Hyundais than the rep, right? There was actually an argument we had with our factory Hyundai rep a while ago where Rhett was telling him something about a car and the, our, uh, the rep was arguing with him. And I kind of pulled the rep aside and I go, hey, dude, you know, I don't want to be rude, but I, my money's on him. You should probably just slow down here. Um, and it turned out Rhett was right. I don't even remember what the argument was about. But, so uh, many arguments. But the funny, yeah, the, funny, the funny thing is at the end of the day, the people are really successful. Besides having a good personality, they just have focus, drive, and an ability to stay on target, on target and on task. And it's almost that simple. So let's talk product for a bit because Hyundai has had a resurgence. They, and I'll get the years wrong. They had some really hot years coming out of the recession. The the, the new Sonata and was that 2011? It was a yes. breakthrough car. Absolutely sold tremendously well. And I think they kind of made a mistake for a while, and they went deeper on the Sonata and the Elantra as the world switched to crossovers. And Hyundai was a few years, I think, behind uh, Honda and Toyota, but they've come roaring back. And what are you guys on track to sell this month? Uh, 93. So you'll beat all three of the Nissan stores. You should beat the Mazda stores. And where's Honda going to finish? 140 or 50? You know, so Honda's interesting, right? So Honda and Toyota kill us in terms of... Honda and Toyota actually tell the story of Hyundai really well. Because Honda and Toyota kill us on cars that people are familiar with. If you're buying a CRV and you're coming back for another CRV, you generally don't come look at a Tucson. You should, by the way, if you're out there and you're driving a CRV, come look at a Tucson. But, and the same story goes for RAV4. But uh, we are, so they have about three or four times the market share we do in that segment, right? Like if you look at the Tucson and the Santa Fe, the Kona is in the subcompact SUV segment. It's the new one. It's a new segment. Oh, it's not coffee. Yeah, no, not coffee. It is good coffee, too, but the Hyundai Kona, that car, we, that SUV, I think we beat Toyota, and we're right there with Honda in that segment because it's new. Against the HRV and the CRH. I don't want to say anything bad, but if you look at a Kona and you look at, I don't even remember the acronyms, if it's an HRV and a CV something. CRH is the... Toyota and HRV is the Honda. If you put 
that car, those two next to a Kona, it's just a hands-down shocker to even look at the differences. So um, we tend to compete with people who are just coming into the market and are shopping into new segments for the first time. Palisade's interesting. I mean, we have what? We have Audis, Acuras, and Lexuses on the lot. BMWs, trade. Volvos. In trade for the Hyundai yes. Palisade. So the people that don't know, a Palisade is a full-size seven-passenger SUV. It's the biggest one that they've ever made, right? Seven or eight-passenger, largest vehicle, most space in the class. Yeah, so it's amazing. size-wise, it's comparable to like a GMC Acadia? Honda Pilot. Okay. Yep. It's actually, I think, the only car that might be bigger or the same size as the Ford Explorer. So it's... Uh, or a Yukon, I suppose. Well, no, but a Yukon's in the next class up. Yeah, okay. In that class, the Ford Explorer, we are the same size. We're bigger than Highlander, but significantly bigger than an Acadia. Now, okay. yep, the yeah. Buick Enclave is just a hair bigger. Uh, yep. Yeah. So a lot, not everybody knows that Hyundai... This vehicle's, what, a year and a half, two years old? Not even. Um, Less than a year. Came yeah. out, like, August of last year. Would you year. stop arguing with me? Can you throw me a bone? <laughs> you say, yeah, that's yes. about right. No, yeah, you're right. <laughs> no, you're an idiot. No, Doug, you're a moron. That's what they did. It feels like I'm at home. <laughs> exactly. Retton works with me. He knows how to patronize people. He's getting good at it. <laughs> no, that is hot. I, it's I, A lot of dealers don't even have them in stock, from what I understand. You know, I mean, it's funny. The last two months we've sold... Um, Palisade sales have been even, maybe. You know, we've actually caught up on inventory a little bit, and I... I think that's, you know, you got to be real about what's going on. There's an economic crunch out there, right? Um, but at the same time, Tucson sales, San, Santa Fe sales, Kona sales are through the roof. How about Ionic? That's my favorite. It's a total contrarian vehicle. I think Ionics should sell more. I mean, I know I sound like you're the Hyundai guy. You think Ionics should sell more. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But, the, I mean, they're just a tremendous value. You can lease one for about 300 bucks a month, 279 sign-in drive. Um, I so mean, what, Brett, what can Brett. you lease a Palisade, uh, yeah, Prius for? Three, four hundred? No, it's two seventy nine, but I think that's every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, there you go. The payment's the same. That's it's great. just that you have to use a different calendar. You can go ahead and use that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, closing tool. <laughs> one of the great things about the Ionic too is uh, they do a lot of um, materials in it that are recyclable, and so they use a soy material for the seat foam. So if you ever get you know stranded someplace and you're an Ionic, you could be there a while. You could actually just eat the seats to stay alive. <laughs> Shut up. No, really? I'm serious. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. So those of us that don't know what an Ionic is, it's a direct competitor to the uh, Toyota Prius, which has sort of become the Kleenex of, you know, hybrid cars. But it's dramatically less expensive. Uh, I think the gas mileage is actually a little better. If I remember, it's like 58 and 60. Ionic is better than the Prius, yes. Yeah. And leasable, a sign-and-drive lease at 279 you can't, I don't think you can lease a standard Corolla for that right now. No, it, you know, we're trying to actually get a few more of the used ones in. That's probably the area that we've never done a lot i bought uh well here's the plug we bought an ionic um plug-in hybrid last week at the auction just be the only one in the country you'll be the only one in the upper midwest but there's several in the country there's hundreds out in california thousands in the northeast they sell well they just don't they don't ship them here well you know i think part of the reason those things sell so well especially in california is that you can use the hov lanes and all sorts of stuff if you have a hybrid a little uh, stimulates what California thinks is good for the environment. And I'm, I'm not saying that I disagree or agree with them. It's just a little bit different market. Yeah, that market would uh, make me insane. It's a crazy one out there. 
Well, they're open seven days a week, too, which oh, we hate. We're not moving. Nope. <laughs> we're not moving. You don't want to work seven days a week? Well, this, this comes up, and, you know, it was always liquor stores and car dealerships that were closed under yeah. the blue laws. And every couple of years, some new legislator goes, how come we can't shop for cars on Sunday? And, and as a group, and we've had Scott Lambert in here, the head of the Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, yeah. a few times, we really push back hard on that because, you know, unlike almost everything else, you don't just accidentally buy another car. And, I mean, if the liquor stores are open or if you're at Target, yeah, okay, I'll pick this up. You only buy a car, most people, every four years, give or take. So we can't increase the size of the market by being open more. I, I think I know some friends that are in the liquor business, and they said when Minnesota opened Sunday, it did increase business. It pulled some from western Wisconsin, but it did go up. It, it, the car business, people aren't going to buy extra cars if we're open another day. What is What would happen is our employee expense would go up because we'd have to hire more people, cover more shifts, and when that ha when your business expense goes up, guess what happens to the price of your products? Goes up. Brilliant. How did that ever happen? I know this is pretty complicated stuff. It really is. So what would happen is the market wouldn't grow any bigger, and it'd just stuff it cost more. So that's why we push back, and we're lazy, and we like to take Sundays off because it's better than really bartending. Really like Sundays off. <laughs> Indeed. Doug, you're right. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. <laughs> That's the first time you've ever heard that. I know. Doug, you're right. <laughs> oh, boy. So, Rhett, so you went through, and this is a very unusual... You missed the break. Oh, I'm sorry. You're a disaster. I got eight seconds. We'll be right back with this exciting question. <laughs> Stay tuned for the final segment of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry. This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. Northern Metal Fab right off the interstate in Baldwin, Wisconsin is a custom job shop specializing in large-scale projects. Northern Metal Fab is now hiring for all positions, including welders, painters, and inspectors, to provide quality craftsmanship to their customers. Northern Metal Fab is growing, and their growth is your opportunity. Northern Metal Fab offers competitive pay, excellent benefits, and more. Apply online today at nmfinc.com. That's nmfinc.com. Northern Metal Fab is an equal opportunity employer. So basically, my question is this, because i got to leave in a couple of minutes. But So I hear this from some people who work for Bilski at North American Banking Company, for Michael Bryant at Bradshaw and Bryant. And now we're going to find out right from the horse's mouth, when I call Doug a moron on the air, do you guys love that? <laughs> chirp, chirp, chirp. <laughs> Doug is always right. Doug, Doug, Doug is wrong always right. Stop. He's a wonderful guy to work with. What are we with. having for lunch after this, Doug? <laughs> yeah, Doug. What do you, well, when having, do I get uh, to go to dinner? We're having blueberry muffins. <laughs> yeah, oh, he's a moron. All right, I got to go. But in any case, all right, have so a wonderful afternoon. 
That's are you attending the? Are you Have attending, a wonderful afternoon. Are you attending the riots or what are you doing? I am not attending the riots. I am going over. I have to sit down in a meeting quickly. I am going to try to play golf this afternoon. Oh, good. It's, it's beautiful out now. It's warmed Is up. It? Yep. So I, I don't need the vest anymore? No. You'll, it's, it was probably, what, low 70s when we walked in here. So It was awfully nice. <laughs> I love the show. I do, too. No, I know. I think I think Car Selling Secrets is a good show. Actually, a lot of people out. listen to it. I'm a ton of people getting comments to it. <laughs> all the time. Although... This one bugged me, and I won't identify oh. who it is, but and I won't tell the whole story, but I get an email from somebody that said, love the stuff in the morning show. I listened to the podcast, blah, 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 blah. By the way, I bought a, uh, uh, and I won't say what kind of car it was, from another dealer, and I'm having a lot of problems with it. Can you help me? I'm like, okay, you do realize that we sell cars for a living. That's how we do all this sort of stuff. I know we're not going to sell everybody cars. That but, is amazing, oh. though. No, you you got a good point. It's like yeah, I've and, never and it doesn't that. happen very often, and I don't want to make anybody feel bad, and that's why I'm not do, disguising okay. the story as much. But it does happen from time to time. And I will make so, you feel hmm. better. About four years ago, I just wanted to go out and play golf, so I figured I'd just play by myself. And this guy walks over and goes, do you mind if I join you? I said, no, that'd be fine. For four hours, I get to hear how much he loved Howard Stern. <laughs> four hours. Oh, you know, Stern's phenomenal. Is it like, why? Why? You know, I, God bless you, good. People like Howard Stern. I'm happy for Howard Stern. And you, know, you. Ha- you know what happened. You forgot to tip the starter, and he got pissed. <laughs> no. I'm leaving. Yeah, I'm going to have you play golf with this guy, just just so you know. He's a huge Howard Stern fan. <laughs> Tell him about it. And you guys no will bond. No one told me about it at all. It's a, a, literally, I'm the first green. Yeah, you, you, you do radio, right? And I go, yeah, I do radio. Goes, God, I love Howard Stern. <laughs> Four hours. <laughs> Goodbye. See you, Tom. Have a fun meeting. Well, you still have a champ. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. All right. Great to see you. Good to see you. Andy, nice to see you. Tom. Andy, are you coming over this weekend? Probably. You are in good trouble. Mm-hmm. Oh, he doesn't even smile. <laughs> See you guys later. Bye, Tom. My stepson is not a drug addict. He just left his uh, regular eyeglasses in the car, and like his mom, he's kind of blind as a bat without them. So, anyway, the question I wanted to ask you, Rhett. So you learned, like I did, in a negotiating environment. It's really hard for most people that learn our craft that way to make the transition to one price what was that like for you well it was obviously easier for me than a lot of people i worked with because none of them were working for walls or anything right I'm 75 usually 75 percent of the workforce just yeah. quits within three months yeah it was it was pretty dramatic um but i don't know i mean part of it's just that i have a good attitude about working i like to work mm-hmm. um Walzer has been a fantastic company to work for uh, they've got a great family ethic i think that was a big part of it um, I liked what I was doing, and to a certain degree, it didn't really matter how the pay came as long as the pay kept coming. Right. And uh, if you looked at the pay plan, how they switched it, if you were the lazy person selling six or seven or eight cars and cherry-picking and picking the right ones, and that's how you're making your money, yeah, you couldn't make it in this. Right, because that that's called the high-gross, uh, low-volume deal. And back when you negotiate, you, can, you, you typically get paid on the gross profit on a car deal. And so every dealership would have some pretty experienced but lazy salespeople that would just tear seven people's heads off a month and make sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year. Yes, 
because when you go one price, you can't set your prices like that. You'd go out of business rapidly. You have to be competitive. We're not always the cheapest, but you know we're in sight of the cheapest most of the time. Uh, but the salespeople aren't paid on gross profit. They don't have any control over what that margin is. And most of the time, quite, quite honestly, they don't even know. Some really hot products we do make good margins on. Sometimes we lose a substantial amount of money selling uh, old inventory, especially used cars that sit around too long. We take some pretty severe lickings from time to I mean, time. Right now, you know, I don't, I don't know how much you guys have been talking about it on the air, but the, but I'll, I'll use real numbers. You know, I woke up one day on the beginning of March, and we had a good, clean used car inventory. We bought them all right. We bought them at the right time of the year. It's when you're going to have your biggest wins. We had a hundred eighty thousand dollars in profit on the whole used car lot. Um, about so what that what Andy says is how many cars did you have seventy or eighty? Oh God, no more than that. One hundred twenty. Okay. You know, we probably we had fourteen hundred dollars in profit per car, so which what, I, I'd what, be transparent right. would say would be really good for a franchise used car store in a one price environment. Yeah. Like we, but it, it also happens in March. You buy your cars at the low market in November and you hold on to them and you're ready in March and you get to make a little money and you have a competitively priced product. But with COVID. Um, we had to price those cars down so low over the course of a few weeks, and it was really the the new car incentives were so big. I mean, we have zero percent for eighty four months on Tucson, zero for seventy two on Santa Fe. People started buying new, you, so we drove I, I know these you cars don't know down. the answer to this, but tell me what your gut is. Do you think they're going to continue that zero for eighty four and stuff into uh, straight June? answer? I think that anybody looking at a Tucson should come within the next seventy two hours because I. I would okay. bet the farm against it. Yeah, I, I, my gut tells me it's not going to happen like, either. You know, the two things that you can that you do know at, at the dealership, um, and you really don't. People ask me all the time, "Come on, you know what incentives are going to be?" I don't. If I did, I'd buy the right inventory to match the right incentives. Yeah, we're they the last. The, the OEMs do not want the dealers no, to know no, what's coming. No, because they. I mean, if I found out, I would. I mean. That, I would screw every other Hyundai dealer in town happily, right? Like, right. that would be my goal That's your job. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to right now, so I, they don't give me the advantage. Um, but that said, the what I do know is what the advertising is going to be. They tell us that ahead of time. So if next month advertising is all Santa Fe and Sonata, the Tucson incentives won't be as strong. Right. Right, it just makes sense. So buy a Tucson right now. Anyways, it's driven all the prices down. Used cars are at their lowest price point in maybe 10 years right now and used car business is quite good actually it in should fact, be if you're it should be it's the best time i've seen to buy i looked at as a group we have a tracking report that comes out and last year in may the entire walls organization sold like 2040 used cars i can't remember the exact number uh, as of two days ago we were tracking for almost 2400 that's a really big you know it's mm-hmm. a 20 percent increase in what everybody thinks is the end of the world uh, i i do think we're really going to find out how strong or weak the economy is once they lift all the restrictions and people go back to work. Uh, I think, sadly, some jobs aren't going to be there. I, you know, I, there seems to be a feeling that if we just open everything up, that it's going to be like February 2020 again. We'll just erase this four months out of our memory. I don't know if that's going to actually be the case. Yeah, you Unless know, you're I, in building reconstruction in South Minneapolis, <laughs> then you get a pretty good gig right now. There's opportunities. I mean, I, I go back to that restaurant thing. I it, The hardest part for me is suddenly I've got a lot of people that I would like to go meet who are in restaurants who need a job, and I can't find them, yeah. right, because I can't go into a restaurant to talk mm-hmm. to them. Um, but it is a, a great time to make a switch. There's some good opportunity here now. All right, we got four minutes left. Who's got a great story? This is what happens when you have a completely I mean, un, unscripted radio show. I haven't given my car story yet. 
You could do your car story. That's not okay. Well, it's gonna be the bottom tier of car stories. So. <laughs> uh, I bought my first car, 1999 Honda Accord. I nicknamed it Double O Silver because it was silver, and I also like the James Bond movies. So that's that's a good part. But um, it was my dad's girlfriend's old car at the time, and she was getting a new Honda Accord. So I was old enough to get the the old one it was i don't know probably 15 16 years old at the time but you know it's the first car yeah, it had what 190,000 miles oh, yeah. on it <laughs> it had so many miles on it we the, the only problem i remember we had with that car is it was in the garage one night for mm-hmm. some reason and i walked out to go to work and it was like is uh ambassador molotov in the area i mean just the whole garage <laughs> reeked of gas and i looked under the car and it's like oh fuck so we took it over. It, it, it had car had so many miles on it. The fuel system was rotting out of it. <laughs> so wait, what kind of car was this? It was an Accord. Ah, mm-hmm. I think it's it had six. been down south at one point because yeah. the paint was all falling off mm-hmm. too. But, but no, it's completely driven every day to go to work. I don't know, thirty miles. Yeah, a day for was... fifteen years or whatever, and it worked. It worked great. I mean, the right wheel. We used a bunch of. DIY to keep that working. You used to DIY to keep the right wheel working. Yes. Yep. And your dad works for the Walzer Automotive Group and runs our podcast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and then we, uh, there's no right. Uh, this will be Andy's final visit on the Walzer Automotive Group. Let me guess, you think there's airbags left, maybe. <laughs> he's, he's, driving gra- he's driving grandma's 09 Corolla now. Yeah. But yeah, there's no right, or there's no left um, rear rear view mirror yeah I, mean, <laughs> I, I paid between 300 and 1000 dollars for the car i'm sure he overpaid you overpaid for it i mean there's no reason he why bought it from his dad's girlfriend not me <laughs> jesus mahoney yeah it was um no i ditched it one time and that worked for another five months so oh that's right you did drive it into the ditch i forgot about yeah. that his brother was so upset because they drove by and his younger brother's freaking out thinking Brennan had died in this car accident. It was snowing really bad. Yeah, it was like a five-mile-hour just dunk. <laughs> and then we just used kitty litter and backed it up after a while. And <laughs> took by two hours. I was late for finals. Is that when you had to DIY the wheel back together? Oh, it was probably broken before that. Okay, good to know. Because the we had changed that tire two or three times. And, then, and it was the thing that held the tire on that was leaking the tire out. So we had to DIY that from turning. <laughs> Mm-hmm. But it's gone now. We don't know where it is. We I don't know that for... I've ever seen Doug have a look of embarrassment, but he's got it right now. I mean, the haircuts aside, I wish we were on television. God, for I a know. I just, I, I can't wait. I'm trying to replicate Mark Hamill in Star Wars. That's what I'm looking <laughs> for, right? Like, I'm not going to be satisfied till I get to the full ear coverage. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I've, I've, to mortify Brennan's mom, I've taken to putting my hair up with a chip <laughs> clip. Do a Jon Snow top knot. Yeah, that's right. Well, I think that uh, wraps it up for episode 50 of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We'll be back next Thursday. I have no idea who the guest is going to be. i got to do a better job booking that. I had everything lined up, and then everything just fell off the table. Yeah, I'm your third. I'm your first three-peat because I'm your backup plan. That's pretty much what's <laughs> Well, happened. no, but you would ask to come back on because you wanted to talk about what was going oh, on I, in Hyundai. I want to get thought, Rat and Hyundai. And yeah. 
It's got a so, good story to tell. Uh, it is a if you want to learn, uh, this is a great company to learn this skill through because we do have an actual training department and a training program, and we don't just the way I was trained was here are the keys, this is the paperwork, those are the cars, <laughs> there's a customer. And then they'd swear at you when you didn't do very well. <laughs> I think I started 15 years after the new after you, and the training department had grown significantly at that point. At that point, they got me to watch a video for two full training hours. Training videos. Yeah, two full hours of training video, and then they walked the lot with me. <laughs> that was uh, that was the entire training at Grossman Shove. <sighs> All right, folks, we'll be back next Thursday. Thank you very much.